Nailed it. <laughs> that was so hard to not do and laugh. You nailed it. I I had to say it so fast or else it was gonna be done. Good Monday morning, and welcome to another edition of the Little Red Bandwagon, the LRB. This is episode number 11, a recap. And what we do uh, on this uh, portion of the week, we, you know, talk a little Christy, and we we get a little casual, and then we really get into uh, critiquing the show and giving our opinions on the shows of the last week. On Saturdays, you'll get a show with um, just us. Uh, and a guest and on the Saturday shows, the guest is going to pick the, their favorite clip, their favorite archived segment. And we talk about the guest history with the show, what they love about it, how they fell in love with it. And then we play the clip and talk about, um, talk about the clip. So, uh, tonight in our recap show, we're, we're going to, uh, talk about some new business. Uh, there are a few things that have gone on this week that, that we need to talk about on our show. Um, we're going to have Christie's corner where we'll talk about the uh, green grasshoppers mm-hmm. and the, their, their road to T-ball uh, fame. It truly was <laughs> a T-ball redemption for the grasshoppers. Uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, uh, next week we need some feedback from you guys. Maybe some questions that you want to ask our first super celebrity, 10 Phyllis is one thing. I mean, Phyllis was great mm-hmm. and, and she is the brightest star in the TBTL universe, but we have one, one of the principals on next week, Mr. Andrew Fireball. Fireball. <laughs> will be on the show. So if you have any questions, uh, for Andrew, get at us on all the different ways you can get in touch with us. Just go to littleredbandwagon.com and all the links are there. It's going to be an amazing show. Uh, we've, we've messed with Andrew a lot and a lot of you think that it's serious. It's not. And he will come on and, uh, I hope back us up on that. I hope he's not too far in his feelings about the Twitter prank and all that, but we'll talk about that in a little bit when, when we review the week. Uh, Christy. Yes. The green grasshoppers. I found something out when I was talking to Jeremy about your, um, his daughter's T-ball team of which you are a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellie is four. She plays for a team that I thought was called the Green Grasshoppers, which I thought that's kind of redundant. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't seem like like it should be a thing. And I found out that that is kind of just what Ellie calls the team. They're actually the Grasshoppers, but since the shirt was green, mm-hmm. she calls them the Green Grasshoppers. Right. Is that right, or is it on the schedule as Green Grasshoppers? There is no real schedule, Mike. Um, we just were handed a bag of shirts and hats, and that's what we became. And I think it was the order that you picked it up in. <laughs> so do, do the shirts say grasshoppers or no, green grasshoppers? they say Land of Lakes, La- Lando Lakes. So I actually call us the Fighting Meats. Okay. Yeah, I, we've talked about that. But yeah. okay, so they're green. Mm-hmm. So And they have numbers. One and you through, are the grasshopper. Do, who came up with the grasshoppers name? Just um, the first person that opened the box? The, there's a... We have an orange hat with a green bill and a and a green mighty grasshopper on the front. Oh, on the hat. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I want one of those hats so freaking bad. <laughs> they're they're for toddlers, so it's going to be really tight. <laughs> oh man, 
Uh, I still want one. I don't know why I want one. It's the first piece of swag from the show that I really, really want. Mike, this week we played, they called themselves the Blue Bowls. And I think that maybe they need to cut the color out of their name because it's too close to Blue Balls. Yeah, the Blue Bowls. Well, clearly, uh, clearly no, no one, none of the fans had Blue Bowls a few years ago. Right. Someone was able to drain those bowls. <laughs> That was a little blue. Sorry, Aiden. You, when you figure that one out, yeah. you're going to know that figure that was really, You'll really laugh. dirty. You'll laugh so, soon. So how'd it go against the, uh, the, the Blue Bulls? Um, in general, it was, it was 70 degrees here in uh, the Seattle metro area, which is not good for three- and four-year-olds to want to play anything. Um, the biggest mix-up was when there was a caterpillar at home plate. That just stopped everything. Mm-hmm. In its place, mm-hmm. and um, Jeremy ended up just putting it on the arm of a kid and having him walk away because <laughs> it just, we just needed the crowd to go. Um, we're back to a classic case of battle ball, which resulted in a lot of tears. But I don't want to. Have, dis- have we talked about battle ball on this show? I don't think we've talked okay. about battle ball. On this battle show. ball is what Ellie calls when the ball is in play and all of her teammates run for it and tackle each other for the ball. And they literally tackle. They're doing football-style play. They will not. We have to peel oh. them off to see whose glove it's in, and right. then they get to throw the ball. And there, there's tears, and I, I don't, I don't want to discipline other people's kids. The parents are all there. I feel that they should go out and stop this. Are kids actually getting hurt, or are they getting their feelings hurt? Feelings they're hurt. not coming out of that, that scrum with the ball. Right. Feelings hurt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because there's only one ball and there's six kids going for it. You're going to have some hurt feelings. <laughs> and no, and it's funny because we were doing practicing back and forth. And then, so we did throw to your friend, throw and catch, and then some bat, half the kids bat and half the kids catch. And wherever the ball landed last, that's where the kids migrate to. So it's four to five kids standing in one little area where the where mm-hmm. the ball went last time. Like a really aggressive shift. <laughs> if, if there's a hitter that just has some tendency to hit the ball in a certain area, they, they put like eight of the fielders in that little spot. Right. And we're all, and all of our players head towards first base because that's where all the action is. So sure. third is completely <laughs> empty. Um, oh, no. I think the Blue Bulls were matched us pretty well. They also have one girl, um, which. I hear they have a lot of pent up energy. Those blue bulls. <laughs> the blue bulls, yeah. You should see them run. It's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So they they matched us pretty well in that um, they got bored really easily. There was some crying. Um, <laughs> oh, so so the boredom. The if you're looking for the boredom, that's one of the big things on the board at the pregame. You know who has the edge in boredom? Well, they both look pretty bored to me, <laughs> Jim. Pretty it's pretty hot out here. <laughs> There's not a lot of attention being paid out there on either side. And the last two weeks, we've had the same dugout, and they must have the same because they they went towards that, and our players were just thrown for a loop. They did not know. There was oh, some, yeah. hey, you're sitting in my seat, and <laughs> move them over. Um, they also, the, the Blue Bulls, had a tendency to – pick which base was first and just run towards that. So I'm glad that's not just a green grasshopper situation. It's, it sounds like you and Coach Jeremy uh, are making some progress. Like you might have been ahead of the Blue Bulls. A as little far bit, as I would say. Understanding of the game. 
what what we did hear from one of the parents is that remember our now I call them our arch rivals, the pirates, that the coach that week was kind of talking trash about us, which I think is a little bit uncalled for. He said, look at those grasshoppers over there. They're so scared of you. They're just shaking. And the mom said, I am glad that's not our coach. These are three-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's never too early to learn how to intimidate. <laughs> I guess. Well, what, what, uh, I, was, I was checking out Jeremy's Twitter feed, and this particular day he wasn't like begging for free toilet paper. He was <laughs> online kind of making fun of himself for Googling videos, YouTube videos of how to instruct yes. three and four year olds in T ball. Like he takes this very seriously. I really respect him for that. Um, the last time I was coaching though, uh, Christy, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have access to the internet. And I also had a very difficult coaching situation because the teams that I was coaching were full of bank robbers, <laughs> uh, drug dealers, and murderers. <laughs> But had they ever picked up a bat before? Which I, I I could argue I need more I need more I needed more instruction in that than Jeremy needs in in doing the cat herding he's doing yes. every Saturday morning. <laughs> so you guys are headed off to Washington D.C. soon. We are. What's going on there? Is this just a um a trip somewhere you always wanted to go? Um. No, Mike, I wouldn't have chosen Washington, D.C. to spend a week if it, if it was anywhere in the world. But Jeremy loves space. And oh. so, <laughs> so our friend, uh, everybody's friend, Will, the pilot, gave us two passes to fly. Can um, I say something mm-hmm. about Will, the pilot? Yes. What an asshole. <laughs> no, what a jerk. No one has a nice word to say about Will. I, I mean, I can't find anybody who likes Will, anybody who, who wants to put up with his bullshit for one more minute. So, Aiden, I'm sorry. Your dad is an asshole. Oh, jeez. Uh, Go ahead. So he gave us two of his buddy passes to fly to Washington, D.C. to see there's either something that has been on Mars or wants to go to Mars or maybe even a different planet. I don't know because I tune it out after about five Mm -hmm. to 20 seconds I have the so we're going there to go to this museum and I am going there to meet some tens I'm going to meet some washing tens they they have a pretty lively community where they meet for happy hour once a week that's cool where and who are they 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 normally meet on Thursday because it's the Friday of the middle week, as she said. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. But they're going to move it to Wednesday because we're leaving on Thursday. So that's very nice of them. Um, let me see the main person that I was talking to. Give her well, a shout While you're out. looking that up, let me say, um, okay. after I got out of college, or actually it was like my last bit of college, I lived and worked in Washington, D.C. I did a paid internship for a television station from Dallas. And... Um, the the weekend definitely started on Thursday, so don't worry about it. You're going to have a great time. Oh, yeah. When I was – I didn't even really drink in college, but I knew enough that Thursday was the day you go out. I never had a – in my college career, never had a class on Friday. Well, and but but in D.C., not it's not only the college kids. It's all the young uh, professionals, the interns. It's a very young town because of this, and it's a great oh, okay. bar town because – of all of the young people that are there that sort of are the underpinnings of the whole 
political they do all you the know, work. media bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They're 22-year-olds like Clip, Clip Clop was making uh, barely better than minimum wage, you know, work, <laughs> working as a sound and camera person. So it is Kelly McBride Folklers. Oh, yeah. She's on the stands all the time. Yeah, and she says that there's a tens bar that they always Mm. go to. It's called the Jackpot on 7th. So on Wednesday, time to be determined, we will be there. So anyone listening to the show, come meet us at the Jackpot on 7th and H in Chinatown. Hmm. H Avenue. Okay. Um, Let's see. Some new business. You guys, no one tagged me into this conversation. I was a little upset about it because I think on last week's show, I was talking about how we needed TBTL to have a bigger online presence, not uh, not on Infinite Guest or not on TBTL.net or any of those things, but like for the wiki community, you know, like when people are first discovering the show, when they're first discovering almost anything, an album or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're listening and then you what do you do with your everything. hands? Well, you you look it up and you try to find out as much stuff as you can. And the TBTL Wikipedia page is, it's all right, but it's, you know, it's not adequate to the, uh, it's not commensurate, I guess, with the fandom of the show. Cause everything else, like, like our show and, and, and the people that are doing the archives and all this, I mean, this is a very well researched and cultivated mm-hmm community, but it's not happening there. But there was a conversation on Facebook that you were having with Robin, I think, and another couple people about um, putting together this effort, but not necessarily on Wikipedia. There's some other offshoot of it. What 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 is that all about? I think it's because, so we, I showed her the page that's already there and she said, and this is my ignorance. I don't know the difference between Wikipedia and a TBTL wiki site. And that that's definitely my ignorance. So she showed me a fan side of a of a podcast, and it's definitely m- much more in depth. And I think that this could be really great for us if we if we started working on that. And did Robin from Denver volunteer to do that? I think she did. Yes. Great. She's a great ten. A lot of history there. I know um, from my friend Matt, who I host Takedown with. Uh, Robin, back in the days when the Tenverse would get together, was a big driving force behind that, and she's just a great person. Yeah, I remember that. So um, if she needs any help, we definitely have it here. I know she knows a lot of the history because she's an mm. original Ten as well, I believe. Um, so yeah, let's get it going. I, I mean, definitely, when I first started listening, the first thing I did was go to My Northwest, and it wasn't kept up very much, but no. it had a lot. and. The problem mm-hmm. is that the way that it is put together is not very, it's it's not done very well. And that's just the nature of the beast that it was, the My Northwest site. It's really hard yeah. and clunky to get around. And any day that stuff's going to be pulled, I'm sure. I know. That's why it's kind of a land rush to get what you need off of there. Like my blog, all my blog entries are there. And it's not like it's it's needs to go to the <clears throat> Library of Congress or anything, but <laughs> You know, I, I overwrote the file every day that I did a blog entry, so I don't have them. You know, uh, I have like the last one. <laughs> so if it, when it disappears, it disappears because I don't know any of that stuff. But, but yeah, it, you're right. If you need something off mynorthwest.com, get over there. Stop this show. Mm-hmm. Get over there right now and try to get it. Yeah. And the, the problem is with it is that you couldn't really keyword search for a certain blog post. You can kind of for a podcast. But mm-hmm. 
the so you'd have to just go back and back so when i was re-listening when i went back to listen i used the blog so i could see what mostly i think it was mostly jen that posted would write those and and post pictures Mm -hmm. so i would go back to what the day was and look but that's pretty tedious now because it's years and years and years of worth of stuff yeah um christy did you happen to notice that i had an interaction with a friend of tbtl bean and bean's wife online yesterday was it on twitter yeah on twitter i didn't i didn't um here's what happened and and i i say this i want to want to get your opinion because i want to make things right if things need to be made right because i want to have Bean on the show um eventually what did you do what did you do (laughs) why i don't appreciate your tone uh uh, okay. What happened was Bean sent out a tweet. He lives, uh, on Vashon Island and it's, you know, it's like Port Townsend. It's a little paradise. And remember when Luke was, r- did that running video when he was, uh, lip syncing, um, mm-hmm. Hanson's Mbop and yep. there was a raccoon hanging from a tree. It was like, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was like a, a Disney montage or something with Luke, a bluebird on his shoulder running through Port Townsend. Well, Bean lives in a similar place on Vashon Island, just this wonderful country place. And he posted a picture of a really cute raccoon. Um, and he, he, he says, Mrs. Bean just took this photo in our front yard. What a wonderful photo of a beautiful animal. I already love him. So mm-hmm. this is a very earnest tweet on his part because it's kind of a chubby young raccoon and, mm-hmm. Just so cute. And let me make clear also, if if I've upset any raccoons, if I do upset any raccoons during this, I love raccoons. Grew up you around do. raccoons on, on Lopez them. Island. I love okay. all animals. Most of them live in my house. I had a raccoon. A r- raccoons brutally murdered my cat when I was growing up. So I, I'm not, mm. I, no love lost there. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a hazard of being a cat person. Is you, you, are, yes. you are raising uh, prey animals. <clears throat> okay. Um so he posts that and I I don't know. I don't respond very much to people more famous than me because it's uh you know, it it looks like you're trying to grab someone's attention or whatever, but I couldn't cute I love cute animals. I couldn't resist myself. So I'm like, I don't care how famous Bean is, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh no. What did you do? I sent back you know, this may be the end of my picture commenting forever if this doesn't work out. I sent back a picture, the new picture, the picture of the new Hamburglar. Mm-hmm. And I said, must be nice to live in country paradise. This guy was outside my window this morning. And it was a picture of the, the new Hamburglar, the, the creepy <laughs> Hamburglar. And being, that would, that would probably have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he responded. This is where we get in trouble. Maybe Bean's in trouble too. He responds, yikes, he looks so rapey, right? Which, you know, mm-hmm. he does. Yep. He looks rapey. So nothing nothing out of the ordinary has gone down. However, um, Mrs. Bean, who looks to be probably very new to Twitter because she she has four tweets, she's following 20 people, and she has three followers now, including me. Sounds like she and signed up for Twitter just to respond to this. It does. And her Twitter response is, 
at Drew McFrizz. My raccoon does not look rapey. Jeez. Period. So, here's here's what I think happened because Emily has this thing all the time. She, she wants to track anything I'm doing online, so she gets a notification anytime I tweet something or Facebook something. Mm-hmm. But that's all she sees is what I've tweeted. Okay. She doesn't see a, the conversation or the context. So, if Donna H. Baxter, Bean's wife, is following her husband in the same manner and she doesn't follow me, which she doesn't, right. she's going to see his tweet and not mine. And so she's seeing a picture. He posts a picture of the cute raccoon. And the next thing is uh, he does look a little rapey mm-hmm. from Bean. And so she gets at me like, what the fuck are you doing talk- saying my raccoon looks rapey? So I'm afraid, I'm afraid through, um, because I, I count Bean and his wife Donna as olds, such as myself, because of our inability to navigate social media, I feel like she might be mad and might ban him from ever appearing on the Little Red Bandwagon. What do you think? I think she knows her husband and knows a sense of humor. You and think I- she's, she's in on the joke? I think, yeah, uh, but I would have taken that photo comment completely different, which is the good, the good and the bad of those photo comments, because I would have taken that as because, you know, they call um the raccoons kind of the bandits because they look like that. Right. 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 The the my attempt at humor was the Hamburglar wears the raccoon mask. Mm-hmm. And because I don't live in a beautiful country location. I live a few miles away from downtown Austin that that my neighborhood's rough enough to where I see the hamburglar when I <laughs> when I head out in the morning. Yeah, not, like, not the I'm cute sure that raccoon. She, she sent that and then being taught her how to tweet. Mhm. Because okay. I have been on Twitter for a pretty long time and I still mess things up. I tweeted something for my other podcast from the Little Red Bandwagon last night and <laughs> Someone said, uh, do you know you just did that? And I'm like, no, I, I, I just, I give up. <laughs> I'm done. Jeremy can fix it. I'm done. Yeah. I, I've had trouble. I've had trouble in the past. I, I think it's, it's been documented that, um, someone was, oh gosh, I, someone was tweeting at me or I don't know. There was some confusion. I thought I was sending texts to my wife. Um, when the cleaning lady was here and it was all about how, when is she going to leave? Do I have to go poop in a bucket in the garage or, you know, and they were all going out as tweets instead of <laughs> texts to Emily. And, and boy, did I take a load of S over that. Yeah, that was <laughs> And I deserved great. it because I, you know, I'm an old and I just, I'm using my phone and I go, oh, I need to respond to that. And, you know, it gets, it gets weird fast. So you think, you think Bean and, Bean and I are going to be okay over this. Yeah. And when, when you wrote on the run sheet, Bean's wife, I thought you were going to say because they did a national news story about their house this week. Oh, uh, no. Those pictures are actually pretty old. I mean, oh, are they? Emily and I have seen them before. Yeah. That's a bizarre place. Because remember how I had just said I never knew what he looked like? Oh, right. And right. now I do. And I thought you were going to say, that um, he married up. Oh no, no! If you follow Bean, he he uh, tweets pictures of himself, old, new, you okay. know, 
all kinds of so you'll know exactly what Bean looks like. Real 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 tall skinny dude. Um I don't know. I I feel weird about it, but uh, I don't think it, I don't think we should let it hold us back. I mean, we've been at war with Walsh and he's still coming on the show. <laughs> um the TBT Elathon is coming up. Um you're hearing us on a Monday morning. It's starting now. So there's new swag this year. There are the dolls, and I'm so mad you beat me to that joke, Christy. When someone the asked what, what people were going to be doing with the dolls, it was like a, it was like, a, yeah, a land rush to that <laughs> joke, and I didn't see it till a couple hours later. And you'd already been in there, <laughs> posted a picture of a a bulldog effing the bejesus out of a doll, and I was jealous. I think your your comment got more likes though. What was mine? See, that's how jealous I am. I don't even remember what I did. Oh, 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 yeah. It was like a Play-Doh party, a hot dog, a Play-Doh hot dog party. Oh, no, I was going to set t- oh, two more, no. two more DJ got more. So his was the Hamburger, the new one, said, don't ask a question you don't want an answer to. He got 37 <laughs> likes. My Voodoo Dog got 30, which, come on, people, mine is way more than seven better than his comment. Right, but you were deeper in the thread. No, I was right after him. I was one minute later. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. There were like, there were at least oh. three or four more responses though. And, and some people, like, especially if you're looking on your phone, you just see a couple things. You have time to look at a couple things and you're not scrolling. So I, I think if you, if you're d- anywhere deep in a thread and get more than 10 likes, you, you nailed it. That's what, you know, that's the way I keep score. Okay. So I, I beat him. Were my two better than DJ's? Hamburglar. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's all I wanted. So, so uh, the TPTelethon is is going on. Uh, it's like the sixth, fifth, sixth. Do you remember? Oh no! Something. I hope they come up with a good theme song for it. it but feels like the third anyway. time though. <laughs> That's <laughs> my favorite. Um, please. I, I saw I saw a post online on the Stens page about. Who's getting the money? Uh, is it Infinite Guest? Is it the guys? Ultimately, your contribution means the guys can continue to do, to do this show every day and not have to do other things. They can devote themselves to this show. So your contribution is making the show possible and it's making the show better. So go ahead and, and question all you want about, you know, which dollar is going into what account, but what you're doing is paying for your entertainment and I I trust me when I say this. No one is getting rich off this. Steve Nelson is not is not bicycling to work <laughs> on a Minneapolis freeway on a gold uh penny farthing. I just learned what that was. I think that Steve Nelson looks like the the Monopoly guy with the monocle and just money oh, coming right, out of his right. pockets. <laughs> and and Stubot is not just one blog post away from retiring. On his yacht. So <laughs> let's not worry about that. And, and if you are worried about it and if you're short, don't contribute. It's okay. Freeload for a couple years until things turn around for you. All right. That's all I got to say about that. What do you think? I agree. I've always done the maximum level of um, donation, except last year because I lost my job right at the time of the TBT Elathon. And it was very difficult for me. It was very hard to li- listen to the week knowing that I couldn't donate and I felt guilty the entire time. And I didn't get any of that cool swag. 
<laughs> yeah, I I got a I got a frisbee, which uh, fell apart in my hands, and <laughs> I can't remember what else from like oh the playing cards those are fun I yeah like those. I re- I've never even seen those I'll, I'll I'll give you mine when I come up for the game I'll give you mine okay good 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 I'll trade <laughs> that, you for there, a green grasshopper hat <laughs> oh fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'll wear it during the game um nice. let's see okay well I don't have anything else for new business if you don't Christy will I don't. Get on to the weekend review. So the first show, Monday show, 1852, Slam Book, featured the first actual guest host in the history of the show, Christy? I would say, yeah, that, I mean, um, uh, let's go back. Luke has had Sean, but I don't think that counts as a guest host. No. No. The, what I'm thinking was the closest thing was when... When Camaro Kev comes on and, and helps like yep. intro a bunch of uh, repeats for vacation weeks. That it seems to be the closest thing to like an, a, a quote unquote outsider sitting in the chair. And there were, there were the times when Luke was doing the show alone. And if he had a guest, I guess that would be kind of that way. But yeah, this is where Andy they stuck Haynes to the, such. right, where they stuck to the structure of the show. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a TBTL. That that has never happened. True. Right, right. One one guy, Andrew, moves over a chair, and someone moves yep. into the Andrew chair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this being Phyllis's first first uh, hosting, and and we talked with her on Saturday about it. she's not sure what the plan is, but it does seem like uh, probably she's going to be more or less the um, Joan Rivers. As Joan Rivers was to Johnny Carson, she will be that to TBTL. She That'd will be, great. be, um, be filling in and, and putting her own stamp when she's on. So the first thing they talked about, of course, how nervous they were, but then Andrew had another run in with his landlord, but not before he had a run in with the landlord's wife. Did I remember that correctly, Christy? Was it the, I got a little mixed up in it. Was it the landlord or was it just another random neighbor? I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, because I think when he ran into the landlord later, I think the landlord said something about how Andrew was nice to volunteer himself. Oh, right. Uh, because the, he ran into the wife or whoever the other neighbor was and they were having a hard time in life and Andrew didn't want to seem like an a-hole, so he Mm -hmm. said that he would help her if she needed it and told her when he would be available. Yes. (laughs) And he immediately regretted it. Um, And then with the landlord, the landlord, I guess, thanked him for going into the alley to smoke, and then Andrew let too long a time pass before he answered, and it turned into an awkward stare down (laughs) where it seemed like Andrew was like, I'm smoking in the alley, but I hate you. Right. I mean, is that how you read it? Yes. I'm doing this against my will, but I'm doing it. And so don't thank me for it. Yeah. And I got to say, Andrew is stuck in a no man's land that I was in for a long time where you're, you're between avoidance and, and confronting. Um, like you, you choose your spots of what you're going to do. And it, it's too hard. It's kind of like lying, being a liar all the time. It just, you can't keep it straight and you got, you have to decide if you're going to be nice all the time or if you're going to avoid human contact. And I decided 
gosh, you know, this is probably a few years after I got out of jail. It's like, I'm just going to go ahead and be nice. What does it cost me? I'll be nice to everyone. I'll help everyone I can. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to like not answer the door because I'm scared. I don't want to talk to that person. And that's hard with Emily because Emily doesn't want me to answer the door. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, I think Andrew will get there. He seems like he's thinking about his behavior and, you know, what he did in the first situation I thought was the right thing. We, what he did in the second situation was the wrong thing. He should have just been gracious. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I, I'm, I'm like Emily. I don't answer my door. I hide, um, from people whenever possible. I don't like to talk to be, well, here's, here's an interesting story that just happened today. Jeremy's sister just got, bought a new house and all the kids are playing slip and slide in the front yard. And I noticed that the neighbor is someone I used to know probably about 15 years ago. And I ran into the house and hid. And now I'm trying to figure out how <laughs> I can get away with this for the whole summer. Just oh, hiding. No. Oh, no. <laughs> and it see, wasn't see, that, even that's, that we had That's a, how your like, life would be so much easier if you just say, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to walk right up to that person. I don't want the 15 years worth of what have you been doing? I don't care. I never thought of you until this second. It'll be over in 10 minutes instead of the whole summer of trying to avoid. Mike, I just think I'll highly suggest we hang out in the backyard for the whole summer. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, maybe you should go to... TBTL is advice givers or whatever the news. Oh, okay, there you go. There's a shout out for it. And we, because we need more, we need more sites, people. Let's let's keep taking over the internet. Uh, oh, the the big discussion, and I know Jeremy will be interested in this. Uh, they spent a lot of time on it. I, I I seem to remember there was this guy named Jake. I think he's in Michigan. I'm not sure, but he posted something uh, on the Stens page about that he didn't enjoy. The last time Phyllis was on the show, he didn't enjoy it and because she was kissing up to the guys and she was mm-hmm. doing something, this or that. It wasn't the meanest thing I ever read, and of course he's entitled to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, he, he was not rude, really, in any way. And he had said at the end of his post, go ahead and beat up on me if you want. Right. Um, he did not tag her in the original post. Right, he did not. I don't think. So... What happens is the post is rolling along and everyone to a person is defending Phyllis, saying they love Phyllis. And someone tags her in, even in a compliment, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And it was. of course now now she's gonna see the negative comment, even if she hadn't, and I think she had, but when she got the tag, then she had to go back and see it again. And mm-hmm. just as Jeremy was talking about every time now now she's been tagged, every time someone comments it's going to it's going to remind her that someone didn't like her. Mm-hmm. And she's a pro. I mean, she's a very tough journalist and she has a lot more credits than anyone I know, including Luke and Andrew. But she's she's a person and she's sensitive and and I can't believe that the person who tagged her into that thread even after Jeremy called him out about it said, "Ah, oh, don't even worry about it. It's no big deal." Well, it turns out it was. Yep. Phyllis said so. Mm-hmm. On the air. So, dummy, <laughs> stop it. Don't do it I, again. I deleted the, I deleted the thread. Good. Um, because yeah. it was as now if someone- Now you're thinking someone, like an admin. If only I were an admin of the site. 
You are. Wait, wait I am. <laughs> I fuck with people all the time. Well, and so that's something. But I didn't something... think to do it. Uh, I think we're going to have to have a board meeting for the Sten site at uh, you, me, and John Takamoto to see about what we do about this situation because I don't want it to be censored. This time I get to wear the goat suit. I'm tired okay. of John getting to wear it. Okay, okay. Um, I, I don't want there to be censorship, but at the same time in that situation when it got to be, I mean, there was almost 100 comments and it's something so negative. I don't I don't know. It's it's a weird kind of gray area and John is a librarian, so he's going to be very anti-censorship. Right. And I'm about people not hurting people's feelings and so I think that the three of us can come up with something. Yeah, I I don't know. Someone will make a slippery slope argument, mm-hmm. you know, it'll, it'll turn into a thing. I guess we have to play it by ear, but yeah, I, we should definitely, I think, have discussions when things like this happen because oh, yeah, yeah, over a just... hundred comments equals over a hundred reminders that someone said something shitty about you. Right. Right. Um, they talked about, uh, slam books. Were you aware mm. of slam books? I was in just the, the sense that it was talked a lot about in either, 80s movies or in books that I read and I always was so terrified that something like that was going around behind my back and right. that so people right. were writing terrible I never thought things. about that <laughs> and that I just wasn't in on it so I mean I was picked on a lot I would say I was I was bullied because I moved in Nebraska I was the popular kid you know I was a Omaha 10 and <laughs> a Redmond probably 5 so, mm-hmm. um, and I moved here and everyone had known each other since kindergarten or preschool and I'm coming in. Christy, at I'm so grade. glad you get the concept of that because that's, there's <laughs> nothing that tickles Emily more than when I say, I start listing off the different grades that a person would get in different cities yeah. as, as we check them out. Yeah. And or what I, I also- would get, what I would get in this part of town at this restaurant versus what I would get... You know, in that part of town, in right. that restaurant, yeah. <laughs> right, or, I mean, I was Midwest skinny and um, West Coast right. chubby, like that, uh-huh. <laughs> basically. Right, right, that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely an offshoot of that, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I came from Omaha's very uh, working class, military, so we kind of all were in the same, and I come and move into Redmond, and I, I just don't fit, I mean, we're poor, mm-hmm. we all these people didn't know each other and you stick out. So I was definitely bullied um, probably throughout. I mean, similar to Andrew, I had a lot of the same kind of all his bullying stories. I, I totally resonate. I had a similar thing where it was a night of a crazy night that seems like it's straight out of a movie and then sealed the deal and had a bunch of friends. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Oh, very cinematic. I like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, what the slam book discussion put me in mind of was, I mean, I didn't experience that. I wasn't, I wasn't a bully. I wasn't bullied. I didn't see that much of it, I guess maybe because I wasn't looking for it. But, um, in modern day, like now, like in the last couple of years, it made me think about how my other show, Takedown Podcast, Are the is basically of the a slam book. <laughs> it's a slam. It's a slam. We all yeah. have slam books on each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're killing each other, mm-hmm. but nobody's written any of it down. It's just the same four jokes we have about each other, just done in 
a thousand different mm-hmm. awful ways. And I, I guess, you know, maybe I'm coming around to, to Jeremy's point of view. Maybe I, maybe I should start being nicer. Yeah. Not it to hurts, Jeremy, Mike. though. It, it Fuck hurts. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Leaves lasting. Um, and Andrew talking about the time when he beat up the kid who started the fight and then he got in trouble and mm-hmm. ended up running away. Um, my dad would make me write apology letters to my teachers if I got the offhanded comment on my report card that said talks excessively to neighboring students. Ugh. I would have to write apologies to the teacher if if I was missing assignments, I would have to stay in and tell, I, I mean, I would be grounded essentially until the next qu- mid-quarter report cards came out and to see if that cleared off. Well, that's a case where like today you get grades like three hours later, you know, for, <laughs> right, right. for high school kids or whatever. So yeah, they have logins where they can see if the assignments are, I mean, that would have been great. I just had to wait to one to three months until... <laughs> Till the next one came out. Well, the downside is you get in trouble a lot faster. The <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the, the upside is now you can get out of trouble faster. Like right. if you show up tomorrow and kick ass in school, you're almost out of trouble immediately. But, but uh, yeah, like whenever Cullen would have struggle in any classes, I mean, we knew like now. Oh, he failed a quiz. That was four hours ago. Now we're gonna kick his ass. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing is I would just be very interested in the mail for about two weeks around the end of the quarter. Um, mm-hmm. so I could try to hide it. I, I wouldn't, you know, quote unquote, hide it, but I would just put it out of visual range, you know, put it out of <laughs> eye contact range. Like, Oh, that's there. That's interesting. <laughs> hmm. My grades. Yeah. I'll look in those when we get around to it. Uh, did you have uh oh wait a minute stop the show two things the big fight phyllis and andrew were talking about the big fight and phyllis had a very funny story about her physician's assistant who happens to be black as well and <laughs> how you know i mean let's face it, i was i was in prison and everybody f- roots for their own ethnicity i i would very often watch fights in the white power TV room and make a lot of money off guys in that room because they would not bet on the minority. (laughs) So it was very lucrative. Uh, But but yeah, they would root for any white fighters that came along. And then the Mexican TV room, which was one, like one tier up, they would always root for the Mexican guys or any Hispanic guys over any black guys. Of course, the black TV room, they'd be rooting for the black guy. Mm -hmm. And you watch a lot of fights in prison. So, and everyone just roots for their ethnicity. So this guy was trying to make sure that Phyllis was down with Mayweather, mm-hmm. which if you know anything about Mayweather, man, that's tough. And she didn't know anything at the time when she went to that visit. Right. right. And she said, yeah, yeah. Mayweather. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and then found out later, this guy's an atrocious human being. Not that Pacquiao is not, hasn't made some questionable moves, but, but Mayweather's an atrocious human being. And her story about how she had to like go along with this guy and then <clears throat> I guess she was going to see him again later that day. We should have gotten a follow up on that, but that, that was a funny story. But what <laughs> we just can't have Andrew talking about sports, especially if Luke's not there. There were a couple <laughs> so embarrassing things. He's called it a boxing game. Did you oh, watch the did. boxing game? 
And the then, fact that I didn't and then miss, he was telling me about how that is bad. Well, <laughs> you're not the target audience for this for not this sure, sports stuff. But, but hey, did you watch the boxing game? You know this sporting, this sporting stuff is big business. He said this sporting stuff. <laughs> not he didn't say sports is big business. He said sporting is big business. <laughs> and oh my god, the the people that are on sports radio are bad enough. And they know about sports. Please, please, Andrew, put out next time, put off the discussion until Luke's back. I, that one hurt, <laughs> hurt my, my enlarged heart. It really yeah. did. I'm sure that made it because this is the first time Luke said that he listened to the show without, you know, because he edited it or what, whatever, but listened to it for content. I'm sure that that's something him and Carrie had a laugh over. Oh, uh, well, Carrie probably didn't. She was like, what's wrong with boxing yeah, games? Yeah, that. Hey, we watched the boxing game last night. Ah, <laughs> uh, and and the most galling thing about Monday show, Christy, okay. is they had Phyllis on, and they stole our format. They stole our Saturday show format. Oh, I know. They had her on. They're like blah 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 blah. What's your clip? Let's play the clip. Come on, guys, you're better than that. Don't steal our format. So, you know, I was going to talk about the the story, Andrew's cousin threatening to beat up his mom's boyfriend. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think if we start talking about clips on show on shows that are formatted to steal our format, mm-hmm. it's like, seriously, part of the we're problem. one clip. Yeah, we're one step closer to the universe folding in. So right. <laughs> not going to do that, even though, you know, Andrew's mom keeps coming up and I think if you're compiling some sort of spreadsheet, she's turned it into a piece of work. Yeah, I, I really would like the moms to come on our show. <laughs> Even if they don't have favorite clips. Right. It would be pretty great. Yeah, I need to find out what happened to their dog. I'm very concerned about what happened to Andrew's childhood dog. Because okay. we we know what happened to Oops, and, and she'll confirm that. But the dog... Just disappeared one day. I need to find out. And I don't really don't want to ask Andrew on the air. I don't want to put him on the spot. I want to put his mom on the spot. Okay. Um, Tuesday show, 1853, Grow the Beard, Take the Ride. Luke is back from Vegas where Mac Lamore was on his airplane and people were asking him to sign books. He hasn't written a book. <sighs> so um, I'm, I'm not famous, never will be famous, but – I'm never going to sign someone else's book. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so That's, weird. I, did I write that book? Uh, I'm not signing that book. Cause can you imagine like someone, they go and finally meet the author and they're going to get their book signed and the, oh yeah, just next to Macklemore. <laughs> next to Macklemore. Oh my gosh. Why did they have to do a book? People are so weird. I don't understand I, autograph culture to begin I, with. I don't understand autograph culture. I also kind yeah. Okay. I went to a comedy show. Doug Benson was there at the end at the parlor live. You filter through this room where the comedians are all there to shake your hand and you can get photos mm-hmm. and, and buy their stuff. And yeah. he, and I was just like, Oh, good, good set. And then he said, do you want my autograph? Do you want a picture with me? And I was like, no thanks. And just walked away. I thought it was yeah, so I was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. No, dude, I got it. I'm fine. 
Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing. You just wanted to exchange a word. That's the unique thing that you can have is mm-hmm. you exchange right. words with the person. The autograph's not unique. The picture's not unique. You know? You, also, his everybody's set wasn't getting their that picture great. Taken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to get that. But, okay. So, Macklemore's on the plane. Luke witnesses a couple accidents. And my takeaway from the accident he witnessed very early in the morning, Luke's, Luke's expressed great surprise that, that someone that worked at Denny's on an overnight shift could have an iPhone. Here's the thing, Luke. A lot of people have iPhones. Right. A lot of people. You don't have to have a million dollars to have an iPhone. I, I don't know what you're, you're living in, Luke, but, but uh, a I, lot of poor people have iPhones. I took that as not a class, but an age thing, that she was an older mm-hmm. woman that worked at, at Denny's. Right. You Either know, way. I mean, what's she going to have, a Galaxy? I mean, it's not like he would have been surprised no matter what phone she pulled out, as long as, unless it was a princess phone from the 70s. <laughs> I, I'm just glad that Luke helped more people be able to get moons over my hammy, pulling her out of the potentially fiery crash. <laughs> he pulled her moons right out. So the, the, the takeaway from the Vegas trip was... He's now an older guy and he's setting gambling limits. He's setting partying limits. And I found, yeah, that that's my now middle-aged enjoyment of Las Vegas is just, you know, go, go have a nice meal, check out some stuff, you mm-hmm. know, go up to the room. It's all right. You don't have to murder yourself. I mean, it's not like a contest to see how messed up you can make your next morning, mm-hmm. you know, and he's getting there. So. I know you're not a drinker, but do you ever, no. when you were in Las Vegas, do you ever overdo anything? Um, not really. I'm trying to think. No, I'm too cheap to mm. get, so I will play craps and blackjack. Those are my games. So mm-hmm. what I do is if I decide I'm going to do a hundred, I'll start with 20. And as soon as I win that 20 back, I put it back in my pocket. So I'm mm-hmm. only playing with house money. And then I never let myself actually lose any money. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, I collect like, um, change various cash that I collect. I mean, I, I have like a fund that I just put aside. And then when I go somewhere where there's gambling and it's 99% of the time, it's, it's Vegas. I just, that's that's what I'll lose. And I, it's just like I never had it to start with. Mm-hmm. So I'll either turn it into something that now I'll keep or it's gone and I never really had it anyway. So that's how I as, – as a as a cheap person also, that's kind of it. I don't want to lose yeah. any money that I feel like I've actually earned. So, you know, exactly. Luke, Luke sounds like he's getting around to it. But um, what, what I'm finding because the theme lately is that the guys are switching places, that Andrew's – starting to get into being more of a partier and a guy who goes out and Luke's turning into more of a, a homebody. And what it put me in mind of was um, when I was in prison and got straight and sober, I never wanted to go back to my life of doing drugs again. Mm-hmm. Um, that was too chaotic. I wanted the rest of my life to be dull. You know, I wanted the rest of my life to be sort of uneventful because I had enough. And 
the addictive personality that that got me into drugs now got me into kind of addicted to being boring. Like I I'm addicted to having the same day every day and wanting to be in bed at a certain time and wanting to um you know do all my chores in a certain order and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's it's uh it's just a new addiction but it's less harmful and and I think right. Luke's getting there and I'm sort of proud of him as I'm watching mm-hmm. it. Um and then on the other hand, Andrew, over the last several months, has been to the Super Bowl, a New Year's Eve party and a Super Bowl party that were basically full of woohoo girls, right. and he seemed to be really enjoying it. Yeah, he's turning into they're they're switching places for sure. Hmm. Well, how does Vives fit into this? Is is she a part of the partying, or is Andrew She's- now going to? Be Spuds McKenzie by himself. Well, she's always been into it. Remember, he, he, the first time he ever, she's really into Halloween and she would go to parties all the time. And he only just started going with her. And remember, he, that, he loves his puttering time when she would go out with mm-hmm. people. Okay. So, so I you think, think he's, probably, he's just going along now? Mm hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I just, I actually like the stories. He seems uncomfortable telling them. About when when things are really happening at these parties, mm-hmm. uh, because he's sort of aged out of it, but he's still witnessing it. Um, I don't know. I enjoy it. One of them needs to keep going out. I think. Yeah. So the top story on Tuesday was the shitbeard story. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen this story in a lot of places this week. What are your thoughts on shitbeards? Um, I, I didn't ever once read any of them because I knew it was just something terrible and stupid like this. Sure. I have a lot of feelings about beards. Um, some I like, some are terrible. Um, what's the Jeremy beard situation? Good. Good. It is, but what is it? Oh, it's just, I, he says he can't grow it much more. Um, so it's just kind of, I don't know, I would say more than a five o'clock shadow, maybe a nine o'clock shadow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely not a hipster, um, what were those guys called? The Mumford Sons. It's not anything like that. Okay. But what I really don't like is when some news story, not even a news story, just something taken out of context, not even scientific, gets gains fire and spreads and then it becomes an international news story mm-hmm. when it was just an offhand report. It's just, just like the chicken in a jumper situation. Right, That's exactly right. what I saw. I just said classic chicken in a jumper is what this beard story is. Well, it's just such an easy story to make because mm-hmm. um, you talk about someone who's clean shaven uh, and someone who has a beard, who's going to have a shit particle? Even if it's one, it's a thousand times more shit particles than the clean-shaven guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, big fucking deal, for one thing. Um, I, I've i had a beard for quite a long time, and after I got together with Emily, I don't know, maybe it was the summer we were living together up in Seattle, and mm-hmm. she made a face one day, and I'm what's wrong? And she said, you know... Sometimes 
your beard just doesn't smell its freshest. <laughs> okay. So since then, old Clip Clop's been very diligent about keeping that sucker clean because that's not yeah. a nice thing to hear, you know? That's no. not a nice thing to hear. And, and, uh, she didn't say it smelled like shit, but, yeah. you know. All I have to hear is not its freshest and, right. and, uh, right. I'm gonna clean that up, keep it trim, keep it clean. Cause guys, yeah, it's true. There's shit in your beard, but let's try to keep it to a minimum, please. Yeah. When Jeremy needs to keep it trimmed up, I just say, you're looking a little, you know, crazy person on the bus right now. And he <laughs> <Right>. just <laughs> trims it. And then, uh, Ellie usually has a screaming fit to not, to not shave it off. She is very attached to oh. it and, Gets Aww. really upset if he even talks about it. So, hmm, that's really cute. Yeah. So now it's time, and if Jeremy can cue up the Game of Thrones music, it's time for Jonesin for a Thronesin. On TBTL, they call it Game of Ice and Beard Beard Hair. What What do they call it on there? Spoilers. Well, that's, that was a question because this came out on the Stents page. Is it Game of Ice and Spoilers or Games of, or Game of, or Song of Ice and Spoilers? Do you even remember? Oh, right. I think it's House me- of Song of Games of Ice and Spoilers. <laughs> because they've gone back and forth between the, they're, they've made it interchangeable. Right. So I don't even remember right. anymore. So ours is the better Inherently, name ours is better. Yeah, because you can yeah. remember it. Jones and mm-hmm. for Thrones and. All right, so uh pretty exciting episode this week. Tyrion Tyrion and um the sister fucker um they appear <laughs> to be on a collision course, which is pretty exciting because uh they love each other, but there's a there's a a rift there because of the father killing that's going to need to be resolved and you know, having not read the books, no idea what's going to happen, but it just seems like they're on a a Collision course. Um, and, and Tyrion just feels like, it feels like he was very lucky because he got kidnapped by the guy who's in every British drama. Um, gosh, that guy, Emily watches everything British. Mm -hmm. Um, she would watch a donkey read the phone book in a British accent. And the dude that was, uh, Khaleesi's, uh, guardian and now is, has kidnapped Tyrion. Mm-hmm. That guy is in everything that's been put on film yes. in Great Britain for the last 30 years. I, so I, I have a hard time suspending disbelief on that guy. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Reba's boobs came out. Uh, the, the, the lady tried to, tried to trick our, uh, the mayor of Sausage Fest. Uh, John Snow into having some sex, mm-hmm. which, uh, I, why doesn't she unleash a vagina monster on John Snow? I don't, I don't get it. Oh, she no. just, she busts out the boobs for some people, the vagina monster that's held in reserve. How does that work? I don't know. And you know what? After she did the dress opening, maybe she does the dress opening. And if that doesn't work, then she goes to the vagina monster. But as soon as she ripped that open and kind of, dry humped him in the chair i mm. fell asleep so anything else oh. was new to me well and then I, I woke up and there was random fighting and then i'd fall asleep and there would be 
back again. So, well, what you missed was <clears throat> uh, she she opened her her dress and sat on Jon Snow's lap, and everyone's giving him credit for being able to, you know, repel her advances and mm -hmm. and keep his keep his uh, heart and his mind pure. But what happened was when she straddled him. He was wearing sweatpants and he, she opened her dress and he came immediately. And that helped mm -hmm. him a lot. And right. It, now she's she, pregnant with another smoke baby. <laughs> he kicked her right out after that. Yeah. It, it looked, he looked like a hero, but really he just blown, he just blown yeah. his wad. So. <laughs> and that's how babies are made. We can all look like we can resist women if we've just had sex. <laughs> um, what else we got going? Oh, yeah. Um, Sons of the Harpies. So these guys leap into action. They they are the uh the sons of the former slave owners and they trapped a bunch of the the unsullied and did some killing. And the the guys on the show were talking about how how tough could these guys be? How much fighting could they have done? And what it put me in mind of was you know how um these all these Saudis with all the money, the kings and the princes and all that, the, their pride, since they really don't have to work and they don't have to do anything, there's just money just washing over them. They put a lot of pride in their Air Force. Like their kids join the Air Force. They learn how to fly all these jets that they bought. And <clears throat> so, you know, I, I thought maybe Sons of the Harpies are like the Saudi Air Force. Like they, they, they have some skill. Who knows how much heart they have, but they're really, really committed to the idea of oppressing. And they, you know, they, they want to get back to some serious oppressing. So they, those outfits, I don't know. They're not scaring me, but I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing seemed like it was an allegory for something I couldn't quite put my finger on. But it sounds like you slept through the whole thing anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the sons of the harpies, I think maybe some of them are like Saudi Air Force. Maybe others are like Spalding from Caddyshack. I don't think eventually they're, they will eventually win any battles because my guess is they're pretty chubby under those ropes. I want to know when they're, when we can start recapping a recap show about the best show on HBO, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. I just caught up with that. <laughs> Last week, and 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 you know, I was thinking something similar when I was watching Mad Men last night, mm -hmm. and I was like, "This this show is I don't want to say better, but I think it's it's more for adults." I, and that sounds weird because like Game of Thrones is full of rapes and murders and all this right. stuff, right? But the storylines are so simple. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas you're watching, you're watching Mad Men and you're going, well, this is a complicated situation. Um, I don't know. I'm going to take a lot yeah. of shit for that, but <clears throat> I just think, I just think Mad Men, I feel more challenged by it, but people are going to say, because you don't read the books, you don't you understand don't what's it. going on. Yeah. All right. Well, because, so you said you're caught up on Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I'm caught up now. I haven't seen this week, Be but I'm more or less. The because of this week or last week's episode, I added crushing it to my LinkedIn oh, right, skills. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. right, the guy was applying for a job and, and on his resume, he was crushing it for like three years and then he right. took a year off took crushing year it. Off, yeah. and, 
But then he was but back now, to crushing it. So now he's back to crushing it. So you can go ahead and hire me now. I'm crushing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, anything else for uh, for uh, Jones and for Thrones in tonight? No. All right. Wednesday, eight eighteen fifty four. Twitter trouble. This is this is a show where Christie's going to be a star in a minute here, but it started out really poorly. I mean, Andrew told a story about how he learned to tie his shoes, and then he brought up uh, there was another thing about uh, newspapers have weird names, but he didn't have any examples of it. So <laughs> and it's true, newspapers do have weird names, but if you're going to bring up an anecdote. Have a point. Maybe have a few newspaper names written down. I don't know. So this, to me, on Wednesday, before they they talked about Twitter, the show was headed for the rocks. They were an all-time Andrew Lowe. I don't think they've they've hidden any – Andrew's hidden any lower note except that day he did his taxes on the air <laughs> or any Dreamcatcher segment. Which, okay. knock on wood, I, I think Dreamcatcher is over. Don't Dreamcatcher, it's over, Christy. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, but they started talking about Twitter and the Twitter prank. And Christy, I know you've listened to this a few times to make sure that you have all the details right. Can you go through that? Sure. So they... Um... Because this was my favorite clip of the week. Um, they came to, they got on Twitter, and Andrew had fourteen thousand Twitter followers, and Luke had twelve thousand. As he had twelve thousand. Well, and well, let's go was, back to where where they started. Oh. Andrew was at about twenty four hundred followers, yes. and he was about two hundred behind his uh, ex employer. And his Twitter rival, although she doesn't know it, Madeline Brand mm-hmm. of KCRW. And Andrew wants to get ahead of her and stay ahead of her, but he doesn't really know how to do it. And Luke was at uh, 9,600 some followers, I think, and wanted to get over 10,000. So mm-hmm. last week they were talking about this on the air and – you know, they were just asking for more followers, which I've done on this show. I did the, I did it last week. Asked for some more followers, and thank you. I've gotten twenty or thirty more. Um, but someone decided to uh, buy, buy some Twitter, Twitter followers for those guys. So go on. I'm sorry for interrupting. Okay, so then Andrew ended up with fourteen thousand and some change Twitter followers, and Luke ended up with twelve thousand and change. And they both had very different – we talked about how Andrew Andrew immediately blamed us, which I thought was offensive yeah. to always look to the bank robber and blame yeah. blame you. Um, yeah, I know. Come on. He was very upset. And I how he explained it, that it's his OCD and that he'll never actually know what his true followings are. Mm-hmm. And – he he just kind of wanted to clear it out. He he googled some scripts to pull. So if you don't have a profile picture, he um he got eliminated all those, and I believe that took him down to nine thousand followers. Whereas Luke loved it. Mm-hmm. He he said he said that when he books for Livewire, that he actually looks at Twitter followers and mm-hmm. and feels that the people are more legitimate if they have more followers. And I know that that's kind of a industry thing that people 
definitely yeah. look at. So you have to he was excited. Out. Yeah. Well, I thought he would. I thought he was pissed off because he put in his profile that he had nine hundred, six hundred. Oh, sorry, sorry, nine thousand six hundred some real followers. I thought he did that just because he was mad, but not at all. He was happy to be over ten thousand. But how mm-hmm. do you explain? <sighs> okay. I'm still upset about this. How do you explain that uh, the guy who took credit for his name was Tyler? Mm-hmm. That was the next okay. day. Yep. How do how do you explain that that Tyler bought these followers, and Andrew got twelve thousand, and Luke got two thousand or one thousand? Do you want me to explain what I think happened or what Tyler said? Uh, both. You 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 know this segment backwards and forwards, so let let everyone in. On it. <laughs> um, what Tyler eventually says in an in an email the next day is that he was trying to get Andrew over Madeline, so he bought him one thousand, and he was trying to get Luke over ten to ten thousand, so he bought him one, and that he must have accidentally just kept buying. Andrew or got more for more for his money than than mm. he thought and that's how it got to 12,000. So what I think is that the joke is being interpreted wrong. How so? I don't I don't think that the intent was to get him over Madeline. Hmm. Well, at I guess it just didn't completely land for me, uh, but it was never going to land for me because I didn't buy these followers and I was immediately accused of it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a criminal history and I guess I'm a little sensitive about it, mm-hmm. about people accusing me of doing things. Emily will tell you this. Mm-hmm. If you falsely accuse me of something, I, I lose it. I absolutely lose it because, mm-hmm. you know, of my past, like when I've done something really wrong, I've admitted to it and I've done my time for it. And I I get unnaturally upset when I get accused of doing something I didn't do, and I didn't buy anybody any followers, and and Andrew, you know, I know you've been cat rolled, um, and and <laughs> I'm offended on Pape's behalf because Pape didn't do anything wrong. Pape didn't buy anybody any followers, so you know we'll have Andrew on next week and we'll hash this thing out completely. But okay, uh, it's hurtful. It is. When you're trying to run your life on the straight and narrow and someone accuses you of this stuff, it's hurtful. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. So. I just, um, I, there are a couple comments that I loved from this episode about, about this prank or whatever happened with Twitter is that Luke called it the perfect gift, the perfect crime. And I loved that, that mm-hmm. recap of it. And I also loved that Vive said, okay, wait. So you went on your show and talked for 10 minutes about how you want more Twitter followers and you ended up with 14,000. You got what you deserved. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me love her even more. <laughs> um, Christy, I noticed on your notes that you're, someone called you Christine. Well, the bartender wrote in somehow it was, the bartender that they had the oh, night the, the boat, moose the moose yes, the moose is loose the moose that uh, the, somehow the f- it was the someone knows someone that listens and so she got their contact information and 
she corrected them that her name is not Christine, it's Christy. And mm-hmm. as a Christy, I would definitely correct a Christine. I am not a Christine. There's definite personality that goes mm-hmm. with being called Christine, and I am not that. I'm not, not a homicidal uh, vehicle in a Stephen King movie. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about my belief system and those kind of people that are Christines because I don't <laughs> want to offend anyone. But let's just say I, I too would re- would have written that email. <laughs> um, what she was mad about was that she, the the name was wrong and that she was called mm-hmm. like a top five bartender in Kenmore mm-hmm. or something like that. Of top five bartender of all times that in their adventures shoot i wouldn't complain about that yeah she doesn't know that how many bars they go to obviously right right and she's probably at least top three in kenmore (laughs) the greater kenmore mill creek briar you know montlake terrace area probably top 10 in that area right and then one thing andrew's tying his shoes wrong Got the got all the pages up in a roar and people oh, sending gosh. pictures of their their shoes. I also tie my shoes wrong, but I don't understand the horizontal and the vertical. But I think that if you tie them and they stay tied, that's all that matters. But yeah, I get ridiculed yeah. for the way I tie shoes as well. I probably tie my shoes wrong as well, but I tune out for that whole conversation, the whole thread, all that shit, <laughs> because my shoes don't come untied. So, right. like, if someone said if there's a big discussion happening because someone's shoes are coming untied and everyone's giving advice, that's a big tune out for me because <laughs> unless my shoes are currently untied or constantly being untied, not not somewhere I'm looking for advice. This is not right. interesting content for me. For me. Yeah. And then we got the best was the best part of the week, I believe, was. Andrew realizing what the actual lyrics to the Golden Girls theme song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the card is true is what he always thought it was. And, and then it's the fir- but, it's it's the, in the first, the first line, line of the yeah. song. And like they're not Luke said is talk about foreshadowing. the card. Yeah, he's like, Luke's like they're foreshadowing that card pretty hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's remember the card. Okay, right. in about five more lines. Okay, it's coming. And the card attached would say, yeah. <laughs> the the producers say, um, uh, Mr. Gold, do you think it's a little early to start talking about the card here? I'm the artist really, here. <laughs> we don't we don't get to the card really until much later. <laughs> nope, not going to do another take. Card is true. Right. And that's how TBTLisms are born right there. <laughs> the card is true. Jim, yeah. Dr. Jim didn't even know what I was talking about the next oh, day. Oh, because he hadn't heard I, the episode? I posted yeah. on his sign that the card is true. He's <laughs> like, I don't get it. And Jim's one of the funniest people there is. Right. So for him not to get a joke, it's probably killing him. Well, right. And then he probably listened to the episode and then he's like, good one. Good one. Yeah, that usually right. happens, right? You can tell when someone's a day behind or listens yeah. a couple hours later. <laughs> ah, damn it. That was a good one. Uh, uh, Andrew shaved his beard. Yeah. Andy big face. He needs to. <laughs> so a whole lot of face. Um, but he, if he does something like this, he needs to post a picture, right? Uh, yeah. Why do you even talk about it? If you're not posting a picture. And yeah, it's not, not okay. 
I mean, I'm not going to come on here and talk about chlamydia because I'm not ready, you know, show the world. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are we going on Thursday, 1855? It's three o'clock somewhere. Boat drinks is a song. Barb, my friend Barb, bless her heart, world Barb, Barb Aerosmith. Barbara, she's a uh, she's a Jimmy Buffett fan. Barb, I I'll never get it. You can send me all the links you want, all the YouTube videos, all the if there's a video for boat drinks, I'm sure she's sending it to me right now. Um if no one ever talked about or played a Jimmy Buffett song until the end of time, I'd contribute to that campaign. I'd check that yeah. box. Three dollars of my tax refund would go to that. Could I also throw Dave Matthews in there? Sure, sure. Let's because, do it. Let's have a drone strike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Dave Matthews followers are the exact same type of people that Jimmy Buffett followers are. They just are younger and more stoned. <laughs> right. Right. But Less white wine, more weed. Yeah. They're they're just one toke away. From let one less toke away from wearing par- pirates on their heads or parrots or whatever those people right, do. Parrots, parrot heads. Come on, keep up. Come on, keep up with the older generation. <laughs> I don't want to know. I I want to be <laughs> ignorant of that of what's happening in that situation. All right. So uh, the big thing on Thursday and Friday was Luke was uh, remote on site. I think on Thursday he was in. Mm-hmm. Berkeley, California or somewhere around there. And then Friday, I think he was in Eugene or somewhere or maybe still Mm -hmm. in Berkeley. Not sure. But he's a correspondent now for CBS News. He's done those commentaries and now they're sending him out on assignments. And I didn't really understand. I guess the assignment this time was about all about innovation, like people coming up with. I can't wait to watch those episodes. It sounds fascinating what he was doing like I people that can was, drink pond scum and <laughs> i thought that the the theme was how how designers can basically change the world for better that these ideas design ideas have changed people's lives right yeah i can't and, wait to watch that the show yeah it makes sense and um and they've got a good guy for the job because he's quick on mm-hmm. his feet and i'm sure those reports yep. will be great what uh, struck me is he's like committed to not wearing a suit for these for these things, and this is a guy who wore a suit for a year. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who would walk into KFC, McDonald's, Taco Time in a suit for mm-hmm. a year, but he's been sent out by CBS, the network of Edward Ed, Edward R. Murrow, Walter Cronkite, mm-hmm. Eric Severide. Bob Schieffer. Um, but to represent them, no, he's wearing Vans. Mm-hmm. He's wearing skinny jeans. Um, dude, if you were ever going to wear a suit, now's the time, dude. And I'm not well, talking about want- your, your tailored, you know, uh, party suit. I'm talking about a suit, like a 60 minute suit, dude. Like serious business. CBS, dude. For this assignment, I, I have to disagree with you because Hmm. he's going into these tech companies where people are, you know, wearing their pajamas. And I mean, you've watched Silicon Valley. If someone puts on their nice hoodie for an interview, that's a good day. If it doesn't have, you know, know, fry sauce on it. 
I agree with you to a certain extent. I mean, th- you know going into this that most of the people you're going to meet are going to be underdressed um, mm-hmm. by traditional standards because it's tech startups and all this, all this mm-hmm. stuff. But I don't think you ever want to take the chance of being less well-dressed than the person you're going to interview. And, and unless you know they're going to mm-hmm. show up in cargo okay. shorts, you should really try to be overdressed. It's like the Christmas party thing that we talked about a few weeks ago. Even if you think it's going to be kind of casual, don't take that chance. You know? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. People are never going to be offended that you dressed up to come talk to them. They might be offended if you didn't, if they are someone who dresses up. And there still are people, there still are insufferable hipsters, I mean, Jesse Thorne being one of them, that dress up. Mm-hmm. So... Don't don't be that guy who who shows up for CBS News, the CBS News division. Don't be that guy who shows up underdressed. Okay, I'm off my soapbox okay. on that. <laughs> the clip of the week. Muddy boots. Uh Jeremy, let's just go ahead and play that that clip right now. Um so I uh, I I realized after taking a shower that I'd been sitting uh, in the buff here in the room, and that I was again sweaty just from continued sweating from from the jog, and I I I well let's just say I'd sullied, I tracked some muddy shoes through the basement, and oh I my just thought, God, I was oh trying to be euphemistic there, God, wow. I thought that I was actually pretty proud of that. I thought that was kind of a clever, non-gross way to describe, you know. I feel like when you do that, when you visit the bathroom, you kind of break the seal on a situation. And I'd rather – what I like to do is take a shower, go out and take on my day with that seal still intact. But the seal yeah. had been broken um, and uh, and I had – I was still kind of sweaty. So I just – and my thought was like, well, I guess I just have to be like this all day. And then I thought, no, you know what? There's a solution to this. It's called – 45 seconds back in the shower. Yeah, just a quick one. Just pop back in there. For I like the way you waited until you were in uh, drought-stricken California before you decided to start showering <laughs> twice a day. You know how um, <laughs> you know how today when you try to take a shower, you turn on the faucet and nothing came out? Yeah. <laughs> that was because I'm up here in San Francisco taking like eight showers. What struck me about that clip is how genuinely upset Andrew was, and it foreshadows another conversation <laughs> later in the week when someone emailed in about about calling when they, the 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 segments when they talk about poop about calling those that segment fecal matters. If they don't uh, use that, we're stealing that because that is genius. Emily liked it because she's crazy about those poop stories, but I just I yeah. don't think it's getting past the Walsh gatekeeper. I don't think there's any way they're <gasps> going to use it. Then we're stealing it because that okay. is – as soon as I heard it, I looked up the lyrics to the Family Matters because there needs to be Shut a up. fun theme song to Shut it. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fri- Friday night. What did they call their Friday night lineup on ABC? Oh, uh, Must See TV. <laughs> no, that was NBC on Thursday night. Friday night was fam. No, family. Was fam- family Matters was one of the shows. Full yeah. House. God, they had a name for that. Mm. It's probably driving people crazy. Damn it. 
Yeah, ABC owned Friday nights, and part of it was fecal matters. I remember that. Um, what else? The the Hamburglar. Um, mm-hmm. we talked about it earlier. It, hamburger, the Hamburglar is the reason that Bean's wife hates me. But uh, yeah, he does look like he's up for anything. He, he looks like uh, you're not, but he probably is. What do you think of this guy? Oh, I I think he's pretty sexy. You really? Okay, I here's the thing. The whole theme that there's a robber, there's a jail that you play in, there's a mayor, there's a cop. It just seems really weird for kids to be playing that way. Is that just me? Well, I can't believe that no one in the takedown community or or the Stens community came at me with didn't come at me with a Mary McCheese with my face pasted onto onto Mary McCheese because I've been made fun of for my massive consumption of cheese and also for my large mm-hmm. head. It was so, a perfect joke. <laughs> it seemed like a natural. Someone laid that on the table. I can't. That I could one. not. I could not believe it. But the 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 new Hamburglar. Uh, someone said it on Twitter, and I totally agree. Looks like the Travago guy. You know the Travago guy? Mm-mm. Look him up. I'm Google. Okay. Right now, looks like the Travago guy put on a mask, uh, grabbed a disgusting hamburger, and put his finger up to his lips. Uh, <laughs> kind this- of. <laughs> the thing up to it, the holding the hamburger and then the lips. I saw a joke on Twitter, and I don't know who did it or who to attribute to, but someone said. Where did the hamburger get that delicious looking hamburger? Because that's yeah. definitely not from McDonald's. Right, you know? right. <laughs> right. He's like, shh, I'm the McDonald's mascot, but I went to In and Out. Shh. Right. <laughs> I got this from Red Robin. Don't tell yeah, anyone. Yeah, don't, that's don't. what he's shushing about, right? <coughs> yeah, he unwrapped saying. it so people wouldn't know it was from Red Robin. Right. right. <laughs> because it definitely looks like a Red Robin hamburger. Artisan bun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, but the whole McDonald's thing—it's it, been embarrassing to watch them flail the last like ten, fifteen years trying to respond to critics. You know, mm-hmm. McDonald's is unhealthy. They need healthy options, and all these things are coming from people that never eat at McDonald's. So they've ruined right. their business trying to appease people who are never going to eat there. Right. Their menu should go back to the same five items that were on there when I was like ten mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. and cheap as hell, and just do the hell out of that. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with these people? I think it's just too much research, too much responding to public pressure you think dick's food is healthy hell no it's terrible for you but they have like right. five menu items and they're the most beloved mm-hmm. hamburger place in seattle because it's mm-hmm. simple you ask for something complicated they're like nope <laughs> nope you want one of these hamburgers we got here because that's yep. what we're selling exactly we're not making and you a fucking salad sorry those those every one of those dick's locations has a line 24 hours a day yeah, because they know what they are. Mm-hmm. McDonald's has lost its way. They, I think they they might they might be on their way out. I mean, oh, okay. it'll take a long, long time. But they're they they screwed themselves. So, and I don't feel bad. Um, 
let's see. Oh, uh, there was a listener email. There was a, a, a listener named Claire who was, uh, she was getting bullied. I think, think she was telling a story from high school where she was bullied and she took off one of her clogs and started beating her bully with it. And kicked her. Oh, she kicked her. She kicked the the girl backwards. Yep. Oh, okay. And, and Luke further bullied Claire by saying that he might have been behind, uh, her being clog shamed and bullied in high school. And my sister, she wears clogs. She's worn clogs her whole life. It's comfortable. She's a very Mm -hmm. tall woman. She has long feet. And can't find comfortable shoes. And I, it was the like seventies and eighties version of Crocs. If, uh, if you had trouble finding comfortable footwear, you ended up in clogs. And, uh, I'm pretty sure my sister would and could and still might kick Luke's ass over this clog thing. <laughs> the, the backwards sly kick to your bully is definitely something I would have done. Yeah. Like a donkey kick? Mm-hmm. Is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's those are so powerful. That, a big thing at my schools were too, you'd walk closely behind someone and kind of kick their leg out. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. When their leg's up, you kick it and then they trip and fall. Yeah. And so that was a big thing. So I could see, I could, you know, you feel someone's behind you about to do it and you just kick them <laughs> in the shin. <laughs> I wish I had known that, that trick. Um, let's see the, who, who was it that called Andrew Gargamel? I just remember on this show there was, Gargamel came up and it was in reference to Andrew somehow. Do you remember this at all? I don't remember, but I really liked it. I yeah. laughed. I just, my notes are just Gargamel, LOL. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I don't remember. since this show's all about me and my stories, uh, I didn't watch the Smurfs. I didn't know who Gargamel was. And one day, this was Maybe a year ago, we were out doing something and, and I don't know, I, I made a joke or something and I was rubbing my hands together or something. And, and Emily said, Oh God, you look like Gargamel. And <laughs> I didn't know who it was. And I said, Oh, cool. Thanks. Right. <laughs> and I got home, looked it up. Uh, turned out it was more a reference to, to my, me not only rubbing my hands together, but my poor posture that I have most of the time. And, uh, Gargamel's also bald, which I'm not, but it just seemed like it was meant to be hurtful. And, um, it was a slow soaker for me. I was like, at 11 o'clock that night, I was like, um, my wife thinks I look like Gargamel. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. A little real talk. really sad. But but the takeaway is, hey, Gargamel's skinny, you know. I'll take it. (laughs) I have to wear it like a sackcloth, but I'll take it. So the um, TBTL extra pointless comes back on Thursday, and the reason is the news comes out that the NFL has decided that. Brady, Tom Brady, is thought to be guilty. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence, no direct evidence, that he had balls, footballs deflated underneath the legal limit in order for him to handle those during the game and gain some sort of advantage. 
And uh, a lot of people are up in arms about it, um, Seahawks fans in particular, but you know, almost anybody across the league who's not a Patriots fan wants Brady's head over this. And he will get suspended, probably four games, get cut down to two on appeal, something like that. And he, he deserves it. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that, Christy, I would, in his position, I would have lied also. And I'm glad he lied. As a fan, I'm glad he lied. And the reason is when the, when Deflate Gate came up, it was right, it was the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. And if Brady mm-hmm. had admitted to deflating those footballs in the Indianapolis game, the championship game, mm-hmm. um, the NFL's hand would have been forced and they would have had to dole out punishment immediately. And that could have meant him not playing in the Super Bowl or uh, Belichick being suspended as well as him. But you force the NFL to do something immediately when you admit something like that. And so, you know, even though I feel I'm a very honest person now, for my teammates' sake, like I'm jeopardizing everyone's season, every one of my teammates, all the fans, the whole organization, if I admit and then I don't play in the Super Bowl, we could lose this because of me and I don't want to do that. So I'm going to lie. And as a fan, even as a Seahawks fan, I'm glad he lied. I wanted him playing in that Super Bowl. We need, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you should want to beat the best team and the best quarterback and whatever the, right. whatever the best competition there is out there. I know there are a lot of Seahawks fans, some new Seahawks fans who just want to see the path smooth mm-hmm. to victory. Like, let's knock out their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Let's knock out their coach. Then we can win just as easily as we did last year. Uh, that's no fun. That's not, that's not a challenge. I don't want that. If, if, if they, if he had admitted it, and I, I would have wished they would just like put Indianapolis in the Super Bowl because I want to play a team at their top level. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I know probably not the most popular thing to say, but I'm glad he lied and I would have lied too. I'm glad he lied because I want him to get a bigger <laughs> punishment because I hate him. I don't hate him as much as I hate Peyton Manning, but I do not like him. And, a man who cheated on his pregnant girlfriend were surprised that he cheated at his mm. uh, job mm-hmm. too. No one's shocked. No one. Sounds like you're still a little mad. I'm mad that the 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 NFL definitely waited to do this investigation after the Super Bowl, after draft time. It's all very calculated and and gross. Yeah, I I think it was in no one's interest to speed that investigation. Just like it was not in. Brady's interest to tell the truth immediately. It was not not Mm -hmm. in the NFL's interest to come to a quick conclusion on it because they didn't, I'm sure they didn't want to suspend him for the Super Bowl. Uh, I I think, I think it worked out best for everyone. I know, I know the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl, but um, I would rather have lost that Super Bowl than have beaten them with their backup quarterback because we would have destroyed them. (laughs) And how much fun is that? I mean, I'm no, I'm I'm no sports expert, but this seems way worse than what Pete Rose did. If you compare, so will he not get get to go? No, into the that's Hall of that's Fame, not going to happen because the, what happened to Pete Rose 
was there there's a sign in every locker room in the major leagues and the first thing it says on that sign is no gambling um mm-hmm. and that's because it can corrupt the whole sport it, it it's not just going to affect tonight's game it can, can mm-hmm. corrupt the whole sport and he did it and they proved it and he still never admitted it so that's the reason he's not in the hall of fame he may still someday be in there but when you walk into an NFL locker room there isn't a the first sign you see doesn't say don't deflate footballs until you're comfortable with gripping. It says, them. don't beat your wife. <laughs> it's, uh, there are a million ways. There are well, a million ways that the cheating's going on all over every sport all the time. And they, they got caught. Uh, it wasn't the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I almost think, I mean, this will never happen now, but let every quarterback have whatever, however he wants them. You know, who cares? You know, okay. like Aaron Rodgers says he likes his overinflated. Let him do it. Let Brady do his, you know, whatever you want. Wilson, what do you want? Where do you want it? It's like, like, uh, if you were a, like a dart champion or something, you get to choose your own darts, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So Seahawks fans, uh, maybe we'll get into this another time, but I, I think especially new fans are pretty spoiled in that we, we, we view, we view the NFL as this, this special place. It's all full of sunshine and rainbows and, and championships and Super Bowls. But the NFL has been around a long time. There's been a lot of bad people playing in the NFL. There's been a lot of corruption in the NFL. It's not gone. And when our team drafts a guy who may or may not have beaten some girl up, um, it's very hard every year to draft seven guys who haven't beaten someone up. Um, it's... It's just a fact. Uh, it's a violent game. There's violent people that play it. And I guess all we can ask is that our team try to have as many nice guys on as possible, but still we want them to win. And saying, I'm not going to follow the team if this Frank dude is on it. Um, okay. I'll, I'll see you on Sunday. You'll be at the Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm sure. So please stop <laughs> posing. Uh, Friday, I guess we, I guess, uh, we're running really long. So Carvey McBad parent, Luke is 39 years old on Friday and Andrew tried to surprise him with some rip, diddle, dip, 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 it's your birthday, which was fun. Mm -hmm. But Luke really got Andrew with a good sling blading, which, uh, apparently is kind of the new cat rolling where Andrew, uh, Andrew thinks he's gonna gonna hear some pause or some clip or something, and then it's just a horrible throat clearing sound that, that <laughs> from eating yeah. mayonnaise. Yeah. So Luke could never live in Texas oh, with no. all that and ranch then, dressing. Come on, it comes out of the faucets it, there. It I does, think, and, right? And Jeremy could never edit a show of Luke's where he was in Texas because. You talk about all the old man noises I make. If if Luke was in Texas just <laughs> drinking ranch dressing, it could be a four hour show with three three of it just being throat clearing. Right. right. So the the most interesting thing of the week I thought was the, the talk about Janine Garofalo. It was Andrew's college mm-hmm. crush, and Luke had Janine Garofalo on Livewire this weekend. Um, they had a discussion about Janine Garofalo and her career. Which, uh, was mm-hmm. kind of went stand-up comedy, acting, 
um, what was the uh, what was the radio? The, she went to political Air America. Air America. She was at Air and, America, mm-hmm. and you know, she went on a lot of talk shows. Like she was on Bill Maher right. a lot. Right. It went politics for quite um, a long time, and now she's back mm-hmm. to stand mm-hmm. up. Um, and I thought they had a pretty thoughtful discussion about that and what it means to be a a woman in so comedy and what options you have as an actress. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really surprised to see a post on the Stens, someone that's saying, saying that Andrew was really dismissive of Janine Garofalo and her later career. <clears throat> I, I would. Yeah. I actually re-listened to what it, after I read this post where it, it was just saying that, Andrew implied that she couldn't be taken seriously as a radio host and she should just go um, back to being funny. Um, and I didn't read that at no. all. I, I didn't hear that at all. And maybe I'm missing something, but I listened to it a couple times. It just felt that people are looking for something to be mad well, about. Well, the, the thing about uh, her career at Air America and really the entire network, Air America, um, I may have the timelines mm-hmm. mixed up, but I, I, I believe it was happening sometime in the late 90s, early 2000s, isn't that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I think it came on when I was still in Sheridan, at FCI Sheridan in prison. So I was literally a captive audience and listening to it on a station from Portland. And the the, the problem I had with it, because I would I, – I, I'm not – very political, but if I'm going to listen to talk radio, I'd rather be slightly liberal than conservative. And what they did was they, they went for the exact counterpoint of the conservative talk show. They, they wanted to be like an imitation of it, but coming, coming back from mm-hmm. a liberal point of view. The problem that I had with that right. was, I hated that format. And that's one of the reasons I didn't want to listen to conservative talk radio. So that style wasn't going to work for me. And and I really felt like I was the target. I was the right demographic, the right, the right political leaning. If air America was going to really land with anyone, it would have landed with me and it didn't. And one reason is because that's the tone of it was, this is our answer to conservative talk radio. When they, when they could have just, let's mm-hmm. do our own thing and let's have thoughtful conversation. This could have been like the first right. like podcasting type thing where people had thoughtful, meaningful, lengthy discussions and disagreed at times. They didn't do that. And, and then, and then yeah, they used comedians, that... you know, and not talk show hosts and, right. and they, they yeah. didn't have any experience. I didn't expect her to be any good at it. Yeah, I mean, I still liked it because it was a different... I just think that they're still owned by a media outlet, right? So they they have to answer Mm -hmm. to that. And it it definitely would have been better in, you know, one-hour shows in the Jeannie, you know, Jeannie Garofalo one-hour show where she got to do whatever. But at the time, no one was doing Mm -hmm. anything like that. And it's scary changing everything, changing... Because we we didn't there was no liberal conservative no. rate you know yeah. anything like it and so they had that going and then to try to change the format too it just seemed like yeah it was too it much. was just too much and I I checked out pretty quickly on it but 
Um, I, I think what the person on the stents page, where the offense really came from was they were dismissive of her career from there forward. Um, but really they're just having the same reaction as the general public. Like, where did she go? You know, like you're not mm-hmm. saying she's not funny or talented, but she didn't seem to be getting a lot of high profile work. And Luke even talked about why that would happen. So, you know, I, I don't want this, this show to always be attacking someone's critical comments on the stands. But I think in a case like this, we need to call it out. Um, that led to the talk of uh, Luke's live wire tightrope that he had to walk on Saturday night, which I'm sure we'll find mm-hmm. out about where he was going to have Janine Garofalo, Janine Garofalo yes. on and, and talk about how her career really tanked after Air America and how that's going to piss her off. And he was nervous, yeah, about, he was nervous that. about that. He was going to have, um, the, the, the writer, the fight club guy on and he's like notoriously cagey. Like he may want to really talk. He may right. not. Uh, and then he was going to have Dan Harmon on who, uh, the creator of community who I guess can be a real shit show unless you catch him at a certain inebriation level or a certain sobriety <laughs> level, depending on your angle. Right. Where, yeah. you know, there's times of day when he is genius and hopefully he got those times. I mean, this sounded like whoever booked this show was fucking with Luke. This would have been a show that if I would have known the the craziness that this could have been, I would have driven to Portland for the show. Yeah, it totally would have been would have been worth it. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing that one um, tonight when I was driving home uh, from work. I was listening to the show with Andy Richter on it and Luke it's a very good show I mean you guys should really check it out I'm not much of a music fan so unless I have someone I'm really into I don't listen to that part of it but like at least 40 minutes that show is Luke telling funny stories and talking to funny people so that that one is going to be a lot of fun either way because you know a shit show Mm -hmm. he's he's very good at those too so Mm -hmm. um the show on Friday it we got a little more in depth. I mean, I guess I'd heard this before, but when I brought it up to Emily, c- because when I brought it up to Emily, she said, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's told this story." But Veeves pulled her braces off by herself. Ah, uh, there's got to be a short list of people <sighs> that have done this, or even or even capable of this. My my brother in law did it the day after he got his braces on. At <laughs> least Veeves, it sounded like hers were right. almost ready to come off and she was just done mm-hmm. with what it. What sounded like maybe maybe there was an appointment, it got canceled and some there's trouble with the insurance or whatever. It sounded like they were making her wait. <laughs> and when you have braces, because yeah. I had braces when I was a kid, oh man, you oh. want those things off. You want those freaking things off. And she couldn't take it anymore, but the twisting. It hurt. I mean, you know, it hurt when they use the yeah. proper machinery to yeah. pop those things off. I can't even imagine doing it myself. Oh, I was just mm. cringing as he was telling the story. And, uh, the reason it came up was because they're coming up with these creative – people are coming up with creative ways to get rid of the hanging baby teeth. And uh, a decathlete – who mm-hmm. they kept saying decathlete. Uh, drives me nuts. A decathlete from uh, Britain had attached a tooth to a javelin and he like javelin the tooth out of her head and all these people are having creative things. And to me, I mean, those videos have got to be better 
than those stupid ice bucket challenge videos. I mean, I, oh, yes. I would rather watch, I would actually rather have my teeth pulled than watch another ice bucket challenge video. Let's, let's just say that. <laughs> but, but. Are those even still a thing? I'm sure. That are happening? I'm sure it'll be back. You know, okay. there'll be, it'll be ice bucket awareness month sometime soon and we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to go through that whole thing again. Um, Andrew, I think brought up a good point. Uh, who's tying, how can you, like, my mouth is pretty small. An adult could probably mm-hmm. not get their hands in my mouth, especially when I was a little kid, enough to unti- to tie something around a tooth. I mean, at that point, I think Luke had the right solution that he had with Addie, and, and Emily said that she used to do mm-hmm. this with Cullen until he got wise to it, was like, oh, let me take mm-hmm. a look at it, or take it, you know? <laughs> and the kid cries for a minute, and you're like, okay, well, at least we don't have to stay up till 3 o'clock. You know, worrying about this thing because right. they'll cry and they'll realize, oh, I, it actually doesn't hurt. So, um, so I thought Luke had the right approach, but have you ever done this or seen someone tie twine or, or anything around it? What, what do they tie around the tooth? How do you do that? Dental floss, I think. I don't know. I, my teeth were so stubborn that all of my adult teeth grew in behind <laughs> my baby teeth so I look like a shark. Uh, <laughs> um so I ended up having to get most of my baby teeth pulled from a dentist. Mm-hmm. So I never had the loose tooth experience really. Yeah, it's it's real bloody. It doesn't hurt. It's bloody and pretty traumatic and the loose tooth seems like it kind of hurts and eating seems like a situation. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, the, the, the last thing I want to bring up for Friday was a voicemail from a listener, Joel, and it was genius. Um, and yes, the most genius thing about it is it was referencing something that I had forgotten. Luke had forgotten it as well. And I think it was earlier in the week when, when Andrew had shaved his beard, mm-hmm. someone had used the, the term beard hider. Is that the right term? Face hider. Face hider. Um, and Luke said, well, that sounds like a death cab song. <laughs> totally does. And I, had you forgotten about that as I had. well when the voicemail started playing? Totally. Okay. So the, the voicemail is going and I'm not sure. I wasn't sure. Well, face hider. What is this even about? And then it gets about halfway through and I thought, is this Ben Gibbard? Is this Ben Gibbard yes. leaving a voicemail for mm-hmm. TBTL? Because I I listen to a lot of Death Cab, and I I just I couldn't believe it wasn't. And, and then they talked about it after and said, "Oh, this was the song. This was what what people what what I was asking for, right?" So I immediately thought, "This poor guy Joel. If this goes up on the Stens page, there's going to be a million requests for this guy. Hey, uh, do Jeff Tweedy." Uh, <laughs> Sing about my What are you going to do with Steve, Steve Malcolmus or whatever? I mean, who knows the, the number of, of indie singers that this guy is going to be asked to, Although to do. Although he wants if, to if, do a theme song for Jones and Fur Throsen or uh, <laughs> uh, Fecal Matters, I will not be mad about that. Oh yeah, yeah, and you can do it. As, you can do it as Ben Gibbard. We, we don't or need anyone, to do anything else. Anyone, you pick. Yeah, sure. Sure. Dealer's choice. Sure, Jones and Fur Thrones and her fecal matters. 
There it is. We we have the first request in for Joel. <laughs> I'm part of the hider. problem. I'm part great. of the problem. Uh, anything else for this week? No. I mean, oh wait, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Are Stu Bot and Steve Nelson the same person, or are they two different people? I'm so confused. Oh no no no! Uh, Steve Newman is Stu or Stu Bot. Okay. You can follow him so on Twitter. So there's two He's different funny. people named Steve. Yeah, Steve Newman oh, is okay. is the blogger and the funny guy, and Steve Nelson is the boring guy who only posts about his fitness goals and okay. his bike riding. Okay. If you Got have it. to follow one, follow Newman. Okay. Got it. It's all yeah, cleared Nelson up Nelson will bore you to tears. He, he posts what songs he's listened to. He's everything that's wrong with social media. Okay. Steve does Nelson does. Does he post is. pictures of his feet? Um, I'm sure when he goes on vacation, he does. Okay. I like to go on vacation and post people pictures of other people's feet. Oh, okay. Which Good is one. a whole different thing. Right. There's a website for that. Right. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, um, here's how to get involved with the show. Um, you can go to our website at littleredvanwagon.com. Not unlike that. TVTL breaking Mike, news. Mike, 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 Mike. We have some breaking yes? news. We have some breaking news. Really? We're going to have to throw to Jeff Pogula. He's already in Digstown at an apparent dumpster fire. Jeff? Oh. 